What's it like living with multiple dogs? If you're moving just from one dog to two, or two dogs to three, or three dogs to ten, what's it like sharing your space and yourself with lots of different dogs? Today we're going to be thinking about some of the practical things, like cleaning up the hair, versus some of the more challenging things, like behavioural difficulties. So let's get into it. Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hi there and welcome back to the Letters from Your Dog podcast. Today we're going to be talking about how to live and love with multiple dogs in your home or your workplace or wherever you might be. So in my Facebook group this week I asked the question which was what are some of the challenges that you guys have when it comes to living with multiple dogs and there were a lot of responses. (laughs) So I'm going to just run through some of the most common ones today and give you some of my ideas about how I would tackle them I suppose but before we get there I just want to remind you that this specific question and this episode was about the challenges so it was about the difficult things however I still think living with multiple dogs is fantastic I obviously have multiple dogs myself and I might well be adding another addition at some point in the near future we'll see what happens with that one keep you posted but I personally think that the benefits the wonderful joy of watching them play I think that far outweighs some of the challenging challenges that come with living with multiple dogs kind of similar to having multiples of anything really it's always going to be a little bit more work there's going to be more to do potentially but I do think that the benefits do outweigh so I just want to put that in there first because a lot of people might be listening to this episode thinking oh my gosh I can never get another dog and of course it is your decision as to when you do if you do add another dog to your family and that could be going from one to two or two to five or five to ten whatever it looks like for you I will say just before I go into these points that I think personally the jump from one dog to two is the biggest jump because it is about thinking about how you're going to split yourself your resources both mentally as well as physical resources for the dog things like time stuff like that that's the biggest adjustment I think once you've got two dogs I think the move to three four five is less of a jump um, but it's that initial one to two that kind of rocks your world a little bit so that's just something to keep in mind if you do have one dog at the moment Okay, so as I said, there were lots of responses to this question in terms of what the challenges are for owning or living with multiple dogs. And I've just picked out the seven most common answers and I'm just going to just talk on them a little bit, I guess. So I'm going to read out the seven to begin with and then we'll go into each of them in a little bit more detail. So probably the most popular one, and I love that this was a popular response, was making sure that each dog gets their own individual one-to-one time with you. And I think this was a real concern for people because people are now understanding that that is so important. Just like if you were to have a second child, you would still want to make sure you had plenty of one-on-one time with that first child for obvious reasons. So they still still felt cared and loved 
because they still need your one-on-one time and because you want to be able to spend time with them it's the same for our dogs so that was probably the top one that was there making sure that everyone gets one-on-one time and I suppose that can feel like a pressure sometimes because even though you want to be able to devote that one-on-one time to each and every dog with busy lives that becomes more difficult with the more dogs that you have of course The second one um, was resource guarding. So actually perhaps some people got a second, third, fourth dog without realising that they might come into some resource guarding difficulties with either their existing dog or their new dog. And some level of guarding is probably to be expected. And for some dogs, it goes no further than just looking at the other dog and saying, hey, you took my bone. But obviously, as we know, it can be much more serious than that. And it's something that we want to really be aware of and do as much as we can to help our dogs not feel as though they have to guard their resources and we'll talk about that in a little bit more a little bit later okay the third one was cleaning (laughs) so cleaning up hair cleaning up slobber washing beds cleaning bowls all of that stuff wiping muddy paws cleaning up I don't know leaves my um, very fluffy dog brings in a collection of the garden whenever she comes in so all of that kind of thing that was our next one um the next one was different needs so maybe having dogs that are different ages different energy levels different stress levels and how you work with that and make sure that everyone gets their individual needs met the next one was not being able to train together and this is kind of similar so feeling as though you can't have your dogs in the same space and train them together because they have different training needs perhaps or because they get very frustrated when the other dog is being trained or perhaps you can't train them separately because when you put one in another room or another space they get very very upset because they want to see what's happening and they want to get in on the action That was a very popular one as well. Um, Another one which is a little bit sad was maybe not anticipating quite how stressful it might be for your existing dog when bringing in a new dog. And I suppose this is usually thought of in terms of bringing a puppy into a home because puppies are obviously excitable and chewy and biting ears and all that kind of thing but it's just as hard to be honest if you're bringing in an adult dog into a home that already has an existing dog sometimes things are fantastic but more often than not it will create some kind of stress for your existing dog as well as for the new dog and kind of not just creating that stress but some of the behaviors that then come out They can make us feel very guilty because we can see that our dog is not coping well in that new situation. Um, (laughs) The next one, well, the last one actually was room on the bed, on your bed, in terms of having more than three inches of space to be able to sleep at night because you've now got so many dogs or so many big dogs or even small dogs. Even if you've got a Jack Russell, they still find a way to take up an awfully large amount of space in your bed, I find. Anyway, they want to be very, very close. Okay, so... I guess just to start with, an overall kind of catch-all for all of these um, is just to give yourself a little bit of a break. The fact that you have noticed these things and the fact that you're thinking about them and you care about them shows me and anyone else who might be interested that actually you're already doing a better job than a lot of pet parents might be doing. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way, judging other people. But so many people are just very unaware of these things. It's just not on their radar. And so a lot of dogs really do struggle because their pet parents aren't aware and they're not doing things to try and help. So 
even if you're super busy and you're not doing all of the things you'd wish you could, the fact that you're thinking about it and you're doing something means that you've made good inroads already. So do just keep that in mind and give yourself a little bit of a break. (laughs) Okay, so let's start with the first one. And that was thinking and making sure that everyone gets quality one-to-one time with you. So I guess I would start here by using that word quality. For me, it really is quality over quantity here, that old saying, because actually a lot of the time, adult dogs, certainly, if they've been helped with being able to be calm and being able to settle, they will be able to do their own thing for a fair amount of the day. They should be sleeping. Maybe they're playing with their toys. They're going on a walk with you, things like that. But just think about how you can fit in some really quality moments with your dog. So maybe your life is such that you're not able to do a structured training session with each dog you have every single day. I think that's okay. In an ideal world, we'd love to be able to do that, but it doesn't always happen like that. So could a quality one-to-one moment just look like, I don't know, maybe your other dogs are sleeping and you find one of your dogs in their bed in the kitchen or the living room and you just creep up and sit down next to them, obviously if they're comfortable with that, just give them a cuddle, give them a stroke, just have five minutes just sitting quietly together. It doesn't always have to look like a high energy training session with a big plan and ticking things off on a list, right, we've done this training and that training. Sometimes just spending time sitting with your dog is all it needs. The second thing I would think about is can you carve out a portion of your week which is dedicated to quality one-to-one time with your dog? So for me, Friday morning, that's when I don't work and I take that Friday morning to do one-to-one, intentional one-to-one time with my dogs. So that might look like a one-to-one walk, that might look like one-to-one training, that might look like one-to-one time getting you feel feeling comfortable having your nails cut. It doesn't really matter what it looks like, but it's intentional and I've set aside, let's say, three hours of my morning to rotate between my dogs and give them all that quality time. And it's so nice because I love spending quality time with them and you do see a difference in your dog when you do have that one-on-one time. So this last Friday just gone, I did three one-on-one walks. That's how I chose to do the one-to-one time that last week. And they were all off lead walks. They were all in the forest. I got to really focus on my dog, really watch them. Because when you do walk more than one dog together, you're, you've got eyes in the back of your head. You're watching that one over there, chasing that squirrel, that one sniffing and saying hello to that dog over here. Where's the third one? Where's the fourth one? And you're constantly, and you're not really concentrating on too many things at once. So, I want you to really think about how you can give your dog that quality one-to-one time rather than quantity. Okay, so the second one was resource guarding. Um, And for anyone who's not familiar with the term, that is when a dog starts to become anxious, fearful um, about their resources being taken away from them. And their resources could look like anything. So it could be food, it could be their bed, it could be you, it could be toys, it could be training time, it could be parts of the house, it could be the garden, it doesn't matter. But basically, when it's between two dogs, what happens is, let's say your dog is having a nice cuddle on your lap and your other dog walks up to you to say hi and they maybe growl at them or snap at them because they're like no this is my mum or dad 
you go away <laughs> don't come and encroach on this time and this is something that can escalate escalate quite quickly so it can start with a little growl or a grumble and quite quickly you can progress into what looks more like a dog fight and injuries and things and of course we don't want that to happen so there's lots that we could talk about here but for me this is a combination of training and really good management techniques so when you are bringing a new dog into your home, if you've got the luxury of being in that preparatory stage now, thinking about that, you do, You know, I've spoken about this in previous podcasts, but your dogs don't need to spend a lot of time together initially. Actually allow them to have separate time in separate areas. When they do see each other, manage that and, and work that in a way, where you, whether that's using gates or leads or positive reinforcement, to show them what, that when that other dog is present, actually it's a good thing. It's nothing to worry about. They're not going to take all of your things away. And also making sure that you have lots of availability of resources. So if you've got two dogs, have three beds, have four beds. If you've got two dogs, um, have lots of toys out. Or if you've already got a guarding problem around toys, don't leave toys out when they're out together. Either have them, <coughs> excuse me, have them out when they're in a separate room or have them in a space um, where you can manage it properly and you can show that show let's say you've got one dog that's guarding toys you might have the other dog on the lead and when that dog on the lead comes into view you're going to chuck a piece of chicken at your dog with the toy so you're just helping them to feel a little bit calmer and a little bit safer when it comes to guarding so management in terms of providing lots of resources and blocking off access and just being careful And then the training side of things, as I just said there, is just making that a positive association. Now, if you do already have an existing guarding problem, dog-to-dog guarding, um, I would get some support with that. So don't try and tackle that on your own. But if you're coming into the situation brand new and you want to prevent it, there are a couple of the things that I'd be thinking about there. Okay, so cleaning. (laughs) This is a funny one. Um, For me... I mean, I'll be honest, I probably should hoover more than I do. In some of my um, Pyrenean Mountain Dog Facebook groups, people say, oh, I'm hoovering four times a day. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. I'd rather have a bit of fur on the floor than be hoovering four times a day. Let me tell you that. (laughs) Um, But that's just me. I think, again, this comes down to personal preference in terms of your levels of your standards and what you need. Um, For me, my house is my dog's home as well. So they are allowed on the furniture, but I just make sure I have dog blankets down, they get washed regularly, all those kinds of things. I don't need to sit here and tell you how to clean your house. But one thing I would say is if you do have multiple dogs, just do lots of work when they're young or even when they're older do some desensitization work if you need to to get them comfortable with things like having their paws wiped and having their their fur wiped when it's wet and rainy and horrible outside because I don't know about you and especially if you've got a fluffy dog or a dog with a very dense coat like I do that takes hours to dry if you don't actively dry it so having things like a dog that's comfortable having their paws picked up and mud wiped off and having a dog that's comfortable being towel dried that just makes your life a little bit easier in those long winter months (laughs) so a little bit of cooperative care work in terms of that will help with your with your cleaning situation let's say Okay, so moving on now to thinking about different needs. So it's very rare, actually, that you would have 
two or more dogs that would all have the same needs even if you've got litter mates even if you've got the same breed because lots of people do have a breed they really love and they go back and get that same breed over and over again it's funny actually when I'm out on a walk um, with my dogs people often think I'm a dog walker because my dogs could not be more different in terms of breed temperament size shape color everything (laughs) they're completely different so people would no- normally don't think they're mine and they're like have you got a business card for walking I'm like I'm not a dog walker <laughs> even though that'd be a great job um so yeah that's just the, just a little aside there but thinking about it most um families dogs will have different needs and that can be due to things like age so some dogs um being a little bit slower maybe having some arthritis not being able to walk for the same distances as younger dogs that can be things like drive so you know getting doing a training session you might find yourself always training your dog that's like yeah I'm ready to go and actually maybe leaving your other dog out a little bit because they're not that bothered or they're mainly sleeping but actually that dog probably wants to work and have fun with you too so thinking about those differing needs and how you can really cater to your dog and I suppose for me it's about how that can change over time so just because your dog has always loved their tennis ball it doesn't mean that their preferences can't change. Like, I've always hated coffee, much as I probably need it. <laughs> I've always hated it. And actually, in recent months, I used it out of necessity because I was so tired at one point. And now my taste buds are starting to change. And I can I don't love it, but I can tolerate it much more than I did. I think if I keep going, I probably will end up liking it. And dogs' taste change as well. So just think about actually reassessing what your dog's needs are Um, but in terms of how to think about working with different dogs it really comes down to turn taking for me so it doesn't matter whether you've got one dog that's absolutely desperate to work with you and one dog that's a bit like meh I can take it or leave it work with that so rather than thinking about working on actual like specific training exercises maybe that really frustrated intense dog needs some help in learning to be quiet whilst you do something with another dog and maybe that really laid back dog needs a bit of revving up by having that high drive dog playing in front of them So just think about how you can mix it up in your home. Um, And then, yeah, like I said, when it comes to thinking about things like arthritis and health problems and things that might make moving outside a little bit different, that's a perfect opportunity to do your one-on-one time. Maybe this dog just needs a quick 15 minutes in the field having a romp and a sniff. And maybe your other dog needs a a good 45 minutes running, (laughs) ferreting around, doing whatever it is they like to do. So that can be a perfect opportunity to weave in your one-to-one time as well yeah I suppose just as well on that thinking about reframing it as an opportunity rather than a negative so it is your opportunity to go and spend quality time with that dog doing the things that they need rather than oh I've got two dogs and I can't walk them together if that makes sense so just think trying to reframe it in your mind and thinking about it as an opportunity And just related to that, thinking about those dogs that it feels very difficult to train together, don't forget that you are training all day long. Whether it looks like a training session or not, your dogs are learning constantly from you and from the environment that they're in. So actually, think less about it being a structured session. Just have some really non-smelly treats or toys in your pocket that you can use to reward for day-to-day things that your dogs are doing well, rather than it always having to be that structured training session, if that makes sense. Okay, so 
What I want to think a little bit about now is the stress that is experienced by your existing dog when you do bring in that new puppy or that new rehomed dog. And this is something that I think is very important to get right. And it's something that we spoke about a couple of podcasts ago. I'll put the link to that in the show notes so you can go and listen to that if you want to. But it's really about how how much of a big deal it is for a new dog to come into your home imagine your dog has been living there I don't know six months six years whatever and then all of a sudden we've got someone else living there now that would be weird enough if it was a person but another dog (laughs) and they're maybe taking up some of my mum or dad's time they're sleeping in my bed and drinking from my water bowl and chasing my cat and that is a huge adjustment for your dog even if they adore your new puppy or your new rehome dog even if they really like it it's still stress good stress is exactly the same as bad stress and it has a similar effect on the body in the short term anyway so just all of the things that we've talked about today really feed into this and are so important making that a one-on-one time having things like gates and things up to protect not just your puppy but your existing dog as well having certain privileges that that existing dog has earned so maybe currently they're allowed to I don't know, have their toys for 30 minutes or an hour because they're not going to rip them up and shred them. But maybe your puppy can only have, can only cope with having their toy for 10 minutes because otherwise it gets ripped apart. Things like that, that actually dogs do notice these things. So they might see you playing with the puppy and then you give them their nice toy and you say, you can get on with that, buddy. You can, you can go and chew your Kong for an hour because I know that you're not going to destroy it. Things like that. So it's about, again, looking for the individual needs for the dog what is it they need do they need more time apart possibly and if so give them that because in the long term you're going to have a better relationship between those two animals than putting a lot of pressure on them in the short term there's also some extra things that you can do to help with stress so simple things like having some lavender burning having some low level music classical music or something quite mellow and quiet going on in the background things like thunder shirts wraps um cbd oil some people use or valerian root extract is what we use um nice of lots of licking chewing sniffing opportunities to just help reduce that cortisol level that's going around in the blood and making them or helping them cortisol cortisol is a bit misunderstood so we need cortisol we need that stress hormone it's what helps us to cope with stress however if we get too much of it then it can be quite hard to come back down so we want an amount of it but not too much of it so it fires in the body from the pituitary glands to help us to cope with a stressful situation and then we want to use our chewing and our licking and our sniffing just to bring that level back down again a little bit more so there's some of the things that you can do to help your dog your existing dog and all of these things go for your new dog as well absolutely when you double up you might as well double up for everybody okay and just finally just for fun (laughs) how do you cope with the bed situation now I know some of you may not have your dog sleeping on your bed it is a personal choice I personally do allow my dogs to sleep on the bed I have one absolute bed hog he is that dog that he just has to be inside my skin (laughs) pretty much um so he's as close as he can possibly be and I'll tell him to move over in the night and he will or I'll tell him to get off the bed and he will and then I'll wake up again a few hours later and he's back 
glued against my side again. <laughs> um, if you have lots of dogs, I'm afraid there's not much I can do to help you. If you have your dogs on the bed, you are going to have a a tiny amount of space to potentially sleep in my tact, uh, tactic is to start myself in the middle of the bed so I've got space on either side but if you've got two people in the bed good luck to you is all I can say I have seen some fantastic beds that are like the size of a room um, but I don't think that would help me because Riggs would still find a way to glue himself to my side so I'd still end up on the edge, definitely. <laughs> um, but I hope that's helpful just to think about a few of the challenges that come with, li- living, ugh, with living with multiple dogs and how you can start to tackle some of those things and start to feel a little bit more confident. And as I was saying at the beginning, I do think the benefits of having multiple dogs do outweigh some of those challenges. It's just that you need to have the time and the mental capacity and space to be able to deal with some of these things when they do pop up. So I would say there's never a good time, never a perfect time to bring another dog into your home. But there are certainly times when it wouldn't be a good idea when you've got lots of things going on in your life. So that's just something to think about, I think. Okay, if you have enjoyed this episode or any of our other episodes, I would so, so love it if you could give us a rating wherever you are listening to this either that or write us a review or even better share this episode with someone that you think would benefit from it or find it useful or interesting that way we can start to spread our message a little bit more and help some more dogs and their people okay until next time take care Just before you go, we've had lots of messages in asking if we are doing anything special for Black Friday. The answer is yes, we are. We are doing a Cyber Weekend event. It's not going to be a huge event like we normally do because we're actually in the midst of planning some really cool stuff for you in the new year. However, we do have something special for pet parents and also something for pet professionals. So if you fall into either of those two groups, check out the show notes where you can find a link to see what we have available for Cyber Weekend and get on the waiting list to be the first to know when it is available all right speak soon bye